Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week. We talk movies, comics, TV, music sometimes, because we just don't get that in enough, but, uh, and pop culture at large. Do this every week on TalkingAlternative.com. I want to welcome to my to my right here, but he's going to stay off camera because he just demands it. Yeah. Uh, Hassan Godwin, my Star Wars expert, is going to come on because we are doing uh, we we got a lot. I mean, we just got so much to talk about, though. We have we have Star Wars, obviously, but we've got a great guest. We got Alex Segura, who actually was a, is a yes. former former cohort and coworker between the two of us uh, back brother. in the Wizards. I, we're all like, yeah, yeah, we're all like brothers from another job mother um, <laughs> on, on all those things as well, too. And we got Ryan Johnson just joined. I haven't, I haven't talked to that guy since high school. What's yeah. up, Ryan Johnston? Welcome aboard, man. <laughs> um, yeah, we do this every, every week on TalkingAlternative.com. We also do it on Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. We do it on Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce, which you can catch us on Periscope right now as well, too. Um, Hello, Periscope. Yeah, we, 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 you know, we, pretty much, we pretty much got it covered. All right. You having that holiday get-together and looking for a way to entertain the kids? Fun Food Flip is the game for you. Each player gets helped. Uh, gets held, gets dealt a hand of food cards. There goes our sponsor, <laughs> and must come up with the most gross, most interesting, and most delicious combinations for each of the four courses. Just wait till you see what your kids come up with. Uh, if you like apples to apples, you'll love Fun Food Flip. Go to funfoodflip.com right now. Watch the video on their site and get a taste of the good times to come. Watch it after you, you're done watching our show, though, of course, if you're watching us or, or whatever the case is. Welcome, Jersey Jedi. He's one of our EPs. What does that mean? He means he's one of our executive producers. How do you become an executive producer? Go to our Patreon page. Go to michaeldolce.com. Uh, It'll take you right to our Patreon page. Michael Dolce is me. I'm your host. Uh, D-O-L-C-E-M-I-C-H-A-E-L. So michaeldolce.com uh, Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by all of our beloved patrons we have dedicated fans Einar Peterson and Ashley Haikai our program director Stephanie Dolce our executive producer Steve Hovecki and the aforementioned Brian Phillips and as always our uber fan Christina Dolce uh, and our sponsor Fun Food Flip we, got, we love them as well too don't forget this is a live call in show 877-480-4120 so we're going to have Alex on a little bit later talk Archie comics one shots his crime novels that guy's an animal and we love him but first, the reason everyone has joined our show today, Rogue One. Now, Sam Leibowitz, we came in here. Sam Leibowitz is our, is our engineer extraordinaire. And uh, he basically says to me, he's like, whatever you do, don't do any spoilers because <laughs> I haven't seen the movie yet. And uh, now, you know, that's a good question for the audience. And this is we can throw this out to the Facebook feed and, and to the Periscope feed. What's the moratorium on spoilers uh, for a movie, especially a movie of this Hype, Hassan. What, what's the what's the moratorium on on the spoilers? Well, the, the duration of it. You're thinking, yeah, like, like 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 how hmm. you know if it's like if, if it's a Netflix show, like I think you got to give like two weeks, right? You yeah. got to give people. I, I think two weeks. Every two weeks, I think it's fair game. You could even say maybe a week. I don't know, but two weeks for a Netflix show, definitely a week. Um, two weeks, uh, two weeks is pesh- pushing it a little bit, but yeah. two weeks is like a courtesy. Right, exactly. Maybe a week and a week and a half is is mandatory, but right. but two weeks is a courtesy. But after two weeks, it's all it's all fair game. Right, I, I think so too. Now, for a movie though, I mean, I'm thinking a week. It's been out almost a week. Maybe give them what two weekends? Maybe give them two exactly. weekends, right? Which, so like ten days, the... ten days, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Sam, in honor of that, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep this as spoiler free as humanly as possible, humanly possible. Did you see that cameo by Luke at the end, though? Oh my yeah, gosh! Yeah, man, that was fantastic. When Luke, when Luke, when Luke Skywalker, the thing that got me was Spock was there, right? <laughs> and that's—I just was not—I did not see that coming, but, especially since Leonard Nimoy is no longer alive. Well, so. it was all CGI, right, so it worked right. out pretty good. So was it was like amazing. a CGI conversation between Spock, Luke, and George Lucas from 1977. George, George Luke, yeah, it was. It was like it was without, without the goiter, without the goiter, <laughs> without the goiter, <laughs> without right, the so neck beard. Other than that, no spoilers. We're good. We're good. Now, what we're gonna do here? So rather than just go in and give a review. Uh, Anybody can give a review, right? And we want to hear from you guys. Chime in again. You can call in live. This is a live call-in show, 877-480-4120. Chime in on Periscope. Chime in on Facebook, facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Uh, we're going to do a little love it or shove it, okay? It's a, it's a nice, fun little way to do this. I'm going to give you everything that I love. Hassan, you're going to give everything you love. Right. And then we're going to segue right into shove it as to what we didn't love. All right. And we're going to answer the question. 
And maybe not this segment, maybe not next segment, maybe this, maybe after Alex, maybe we'll ask Alex when he's on. <laughs> yeah, not today, maybe not tomorrow. Rogue One versus Force Awakens. We're gonna get there. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna span the galaxy. We've we've got this. Okay. All right. My love it. Right. Rogue One. Love it. Cool cameos. The cameos are excellent. Sprinkled in there makes it feel obviously. Look, this. You know what? You know what I kept thinking when I was watching the movie. And maybe you were too. Uh, you know, there are so many little sprinkles of Star Wars in it and it needs it because otherwise it's just a sci-fi movie right Right. I mean and that's what it is essentially it's a sci-fi movie we kind of talked about it off air a little bit if you wanted to get your on air you could become an executive producer you get an exclusive feed you could have listened to this whole conversation (laughs) welcome Brian Everham as well too Um, you know it it had enough sprinkles of Star Wars in it throughout yes to make it feel like a Star Wars movie and the cameos didn't feel cheap they didn't feel cheesy it wasn't like oh there's that guy again (laughs) it felt good like everything felt really good they were organic there were two cameos this is so difficult to do without (laughs) without spoilers but I'll say there's two cameos that I really ruining everything (laughs) that I really really loved Uh, one was who Jin encounters um, while I, I think she was in the Jedi Temple at that point they're from episode four, but they're so minute. Oh, mm. uh, yes. Yeah, okay. I know. Okay, yeah. see, we did it. We did yeah, it. That was they're good. so minute. You're sitting there going, oh, oh, it's, yeah. the, it's those like, guys. Oh, and it's kind of it's, funny. It's those guys. And what's funny about that is that they're obscure enough that a lot of the audience, like you could only you could tell the, the diehard fans in mm-hmm. the audience because they all laughed and everybody else was like, who are those guys? Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of cool. I, I, which I agree. Is, which is actually kind of impressive that no one, that people didn't know who it was. I, that's what I'm saying. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't a grab. You know, it was right. like we, we sprinkled this in for, and it was organic because of because of the right. situation. But we sprinkled it in for the diehard fans, and it's so quick, yeah. that it doesn't take up a lot of screen yeah. time. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, consume the moment, right? And you're like, oh, and then it's over. Grand, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Yes. That's, awesome! Yeah, awesome. That's fantastic. not a spoiler because he's obviously he's mm-hmm. in the he's in the trailer. And I've People seen it twice. About it. Yeah. So the second time, the first time I was surprised. Second time, I kind of scrutinized it a little bit because okay. there were some complaints online about it. <laughs> you know what? He got better as the movie went mm-hmm. along in terms of just visuals. I'm not even talking about the actual like you know character or this and that. I, I thought the visuals like when I first saw it, I was like, ooh. Yeah. But then by by the end of it, I'm like, no, it's totally seamless by the end. When okay, so so I didn't think that he was going to be in the movie at all. I knew that they had um, uh, this other bad guy. I forget his, I forget the actor's name, but Credic. I, I I knew that yeah. they had mm-hmm. him. He's been all, all the paraphernalia um, about it. So I'm like, all right, what they're going to do is they're probably going to mention certain characters, right? But they're not going to show them because some of them are unfortunately not alive. And if they were alive, they'd be too old to actually portray right. the characters. So when Tarkin appears, yeah. And he's got his back to the to the sure. camera. I'm like, oh, all right, they're gonna they're, that's gonna, and he's gonna have like a, a five second cameo, right, and right. they're gonna they're gonna acknowledge him, and then they're gonna move on. And then Tarkin turns around and starts talking, yeah. And he's you know, and he's he's not only is he talking, but he's ripping into the guy, yeah. And he sounds just like uh, uh, Pete Cushing, and and he looks like Pete Cushing, and I'm like. And I, I literally, while I was watching, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Which I didn't say the word crap, <laughs> but I was like, oh. And, I, and it, on a side I note, I was engaged immediately. On a side note with that, too, I mean, this is what people were kind of speculating could happen with Indiana Jones, hmm. where you could actually have Harrison Ford be Indiana Jones, but he could be young Indiana Jones. Right. They still need to. They it wasn't, need, they it need wasn't another perfect. decade. It wasn't. I that think. technology needs another. De- I I would say honestly, conservatively, till March. Till March. Well, maybe. maybe April. Maybe, but I mean, I mean, for him to be a lead character that you have to watch sure. every frame, that's sure. going to be kind of yeah. hard. Right. Along uh, alongside other actual live uh-huh. uh, actors and actresses, that's going to be pretty tough. The other cameo. Hey, we got Fika Leone just joined. We love that guy. Um, the other cameo, and I think a spot of Romero Stark joined also, which uh, if I missed you, I apologize. I don't know. Um, well, they're just our, our <laughs> regular, these are our regular people. These are our peeps right here. The other cameo I really, really liked, uh, and again, doing this without spoilers, mm. I think they took the shot directly out of episode four, too. Yeah. 
right? And it's it's at the it's the battle scene toward yeah. the end. I there mean, are two of them. Yeah, yeah. There's actually two of them. I, I, that, and that's incredible how they just. I mean, they basically is like boop, boop, episode four. Yeah. Boop, boop. Here, like this is for you. Another sprinkle for you. Right. Another little just thing for you. Very very cool. Yeah. Like, it was really well done. That's that's what I'm saying. It was kind of like. Um, it was kind of like a highlight. It was kind of like a ride at a, an amusement yeah. park that was dedicated to Star Wars. And you're while you're on the ride, you're like, "Oh, look what they threw in there!" Yeah. And they look at the, and it's it's uh it's amusing and it's fun. But also, I remember I would liken it to, and I, this is gonna be controversial because a lot of people hate it. Um, going to see the special episode edition. one. No, no, <laughs> I like the prequels, so that's gonna be a fight. But Good. anyway, no, no, we'll talk. Yeah. Um, going to see uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, special edition in the theaters okay. 20 years ago yeah and i've seen that movie a, a billion times so i'm just going just because it's star wars sure. and, and i'm gonna see it on a big screen again and i haven't there's no dvds back then there's no there's no giant flat screen televisions or whatever but sure. you know so i'm just watching it and now they're they've thrown in all these things so it's a it's a very it's a familiar yep. experience but there's still a kind of oh you know there's a there's oh I I've, I see what they did there and they changed that and they added that in yeah. and they took that out and that I I would even though uh, Rogue One is a brand new film and so um you 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 do have to pay attention because mm-hmm. it's a whole new stimuli coming in uh the the highlights were on that level of excitement. You know, absolutely. I, I you just never knew what they were going to do next. We're doing a love it and shove it mm, for Rogue yeah. One. This is how we're going to go through it. And we're do- doing this as spoiler free as humanly possible. We love all the uh, cameos. Uh, it was real. It was gritty. It was wonderful. Like I rewatched the prequels. We were talking about this kind of off air before we got on the show. I rewatched the prequels because they've been on nonstop on TNT. Everything is just a shiny video game. Now, we, you know, we were kind of arguing that the technology at the time... since those movies came out, actually. But. Right, but the technology <laughs> at the time just wasn't as good as the technology is now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no. I, I, think, and I think George Lucas made it a point to be a shiny, clean... You know, kid, like this is a video, it was like a cartoon show. But it's also a different age in the mythology. So everything was supposed to be new and not run down. The idea that the Empire would come in and run everything down. It just didn't feel real. And and, and you know what the funny thing is? By episode three, by the end of episode three, when they actually do bridge the gap, it's like, oh, this feels real. Like they could, like he just, he couldn't. He couldn't get away with just using 70s technology within his movie. He had to make it as as like I guess at the time was late nineties, early two thousands as humanly possible. Like he he just he just went overboard with it. And it actually took away from the experience for oh, me. For you. In this particular case, mm-hmm. I thought that they kept it real and grounded. This was war. There were casualties. Yeah. Like things like that really love. But they can afford to do that because A, they're standing on the shoulders of all the stuff that came before. And sure. B, they don't have any story responsibilities other sure. than getting this particular the you know, this timeline taken care of. You so know, there's there's not a lot of burden on them to, to make I a good story. I had this Twitter argument too, and, and I'll and I'll mention uh, I'll mention my uh, my it wasn't it was a it was a very cordial argument. I don't right. argue like I don't I'm not a fierce argue guy unless you unless you're like uh like a like a Giants fan and I'm a and, and I'll argue mm. with you with the Jets or something like that, yeah. but but for the most part, like I had a very cordial argument, and we'll talk about that because uh, when we come back up next, um, we're doing love it and shove it. Rogue One, awesome, awesome movie, as spoiler free as humanly possible. When we come back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And and welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week, 8 p.m. Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. We're talking Rogue One review, love it or shove it. Right now we're going through our love it. Uh, we got a lot of love it's to go through. Hmm. Um, we were just talking about the cameos was was awesome. The um, the fact that it was gritty. So naturally, Candace at naturally Candace. I think it's well, I don't know, Twitter, whatever. Unnaturally. Um, no, at Candace C C E K. See, all right, I got this right. It, her and I were arguing about the prequels. Not arguing, very cordial argument. We were just explaining. She loved the prequels, or she or she didn't. Good like woman. Not bashing the prequels. Good woman. I, I just could. I, it wasn't like I was bashing the prequels. Yeah, I, but you do. No, no, I don't like it. I don't think. I don't. I think they failed. Mm. I think they miserably failed. Mm. See, that's kind of uh, a bash. That's like that's. I would that's like. A, in that that's a bashing. critique. That's a critique. That's a bash. That's a critique. critique. I think they failed on many, many levels. Well, if you say you didn't like it, that's a critique. They failed is a bash. That's what I'm saying. All right, no bashing. It would be like the this is the worst thing ever. This is horrible. Well, they I, I think failed. They failed it's kind of like a worst thing ever. It, it depends on it, it. In order to con, I equate to correctly I equate, equate okay, failure. Okay, we'd have to know what your criteria I is in the first place. I equate a bash. Let's let's do this. I equate a bash hmm. with your uh, you're you're saying something negative without any any real like evidence to back you up. Right, and I'm not bashing the prequels with, but you can't. But, but there's no evidence to it because they all made a the substantial amount of money. The love affair, but they all they were all successful movies, so they could. You can't ah, say they no, failed. No, no. Um, well, story wise, story wise, they failed on many, many levels. I disagree tone, with you. Tone. I disagree. With look you. and feel. It was a giant video game. Disagree. It was so plastic. It was. It was terrible. That's what I'm saying. Sub- failure is subjective. But if you didn't like it, I can't. True, but it's, this is my show, so it's... it's well, that's... that's <laughs> are you going to pull a ring on that one? I just then? did. I just did that. See how, see how that worked there? Yeah, well, yeah you're, you're, well, all you're right. absolutely let's, correct. Let's equate it back <laughs> to Rogue One. Everything you say is correct. <laughs> right, there you go. That's exactly right. Let's, let's go back to Rogue One, though. And Rogue One, I mean, this is war. There are casualties. It's real. It's gritty. This is what the prequels could have been. And should yeah, have. It's been. also what some of us feel the prequels were. So, like I said, subjective. Are you gonna? Are you gonna, honestly? Can you honestly sit there and say Rogue One is the equivalent of the prequels? Like the or the prequels are the equivalent of Rogue One in mm-hmm. terms of experience on, on several levels. Yeah, but overall, I mean, like it's like the porn test, right? But you just I, know it when you see it, right? Yeah, but I enjoyed them. So you know, see, this is what I'm saying about the su- the subjectivity. Sure, and, and mm-hmm. also like like. Failure. The, the the problem with people who don't like these movies, and then the, the, mm-hmm. this always extends out. They think that because they didn't like it, everybody shouldn't like it. Anybody who doesn't feel the way they do about it is either doesn't know about storytelling or doesn't understand about Star Wars or is just plain wrong. And this is this is what all always the I situation. Think just is. from from a movie point of view, though, I, I think that. I think that in just in t- uh, like everything you love, well, they about were Rogue highly one. successful films. So from you're, a back, movie, you're saying successful from from a from a ticket sales point of view. Well, that's what but let's let's talk about sales. Let, let, forget sales. Let's let's forget the impact that it had on George Lucas's wallet. Let's instead or everybody else who was involved in it. Welcome RK6 Brian Bernay, who just joined us as well too. Let's forget the impact it had on George Lucas as well. Let's just look at it from a story point of view. And I don't I don't want to go too much into this because we're kind of we're kind of going down a different path, which is always fun. Um, but I, I, I mean, everything that you got out of Rogue One in terms of a movie itself, a better movie, just everything about it, I think it's just a better movie than any of the prequels. Would you, would you say it is a, is a, <laughs> Christina Dolce, Mike, your taste in movies is kind of elitist to be fair. Um, I, I, I disagree with my, uh, Uber fan. Um, but what I would say though Strange is that she has the same last name. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel right. it fixes in. And she gave me this shirt. Uh huh. Um, Gifts. I know. Well, you know, Gifts to the host. I don't know about that. I think that okay. One of the one of the lovets that I had for, and we're gonna get into shove because Rogue One wasn't perfect by any by any stretch of the mm-hmm. imagination. Um, one of the things that I loved about Rogue One, likable characters. All of them, I think, I, the blind Jedi monk was was awesome. K two was wasn't really, a Jedi, but okay. What's that? He wasn't a Jedi. No, I know he wasn't a Jedi. He was a Jedi follower. I know, but you know, I mean, you got to oh, describe. Man. Describe, okay. man. You're talking to fandom. Blind, you got to get okay, it right, right, or they'll 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 destroy you. <laughs> blind Jedi like guardian. He's, He's a, a guardian. guardian. Okay, mm-hmm. see, this is why we have you on the show. K two was awesome. Um, I thought Felicity Huffman, her uh, Felicity Huffman, Felicity. Whoa. Yeah, no, like, where was she? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was Jones, right? Felicity Jones. Jones, yes. I knew. Yeah, I knew mm-hmm. we were gonna 
confused. I mean, how many Felicities are there? <laughs> Felicity, Felicity Jones. <laughs> I think she grows on you by the end of the in the movie. Like at first, she's a little, but you know, that's her character. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and her character kind of like transforms midway right. through, which is just perfect storytelling. She wasn't nearly as obnoxious as the ads and the and the uh, trailers led you to believe that she would be. She was kind of she was accessible from pretty much the start of the film, and you understood where she was coming from, and then but she was further enough away from. Uh, I guess from likables for it to have an arc. So sure. by the time you did like great her, it was, arc. yeah, great arc. Yeah. And I think all of those kind of things, the acting was better, the directing was better. I, I'm just I'm just going off against what the prequels could have been. I think Rogue One is, In a, is your a opinion. Perfect... As long as we keep it to your opinion, then then no no then... No, no no. This is this is this no, is no. This is general. This is, right. This is yeah. Absolute. I understood. Fact. I don't gotcha. understand. Gotcha. Brian Everham. I thought it was sweet. I like that they made the stormtroopers actually competent soldiers and not fools that are easily tricked. I love the scenes with Darth Vader. It almost completely reversed Dark what Vader. the prequels did to his character. Padme, no. no and it made you appreciate what happened in the middle four films this more is the seeing problem. how the other side lives. This is the problem with, uh, with a lot of people. Everybody wants to see what they saw before. They don't want elaboration on what... Or what, what or uh, what came before or what might happen afterwards. They want to see exactly what their experience told them they, they had seen when they were six or seven or ten or whatever. And I get that. I understand it. I don't have that feeling in any capacity. If something comes out that I like, I want to know more about it. I want to know how we got to where so we So this was actually the argument. From. Yeah, this was the argument that I was having with Naturally mm-hmm. Candace. It was a conversation more than an argument. It wasn't anything like that. She said, she said all of those things. And I said, logically, you are 100% correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but execution versus intention. Execution is subjective, though. So my biggest thing with the prequels, right? My biggest problem with the story arc for Darth Vader. Right. The moment he kills Mace Windu, mm-hmm. it's never clear that he turns. Like, he's, he's still wishy-washy. He's wishy-washy the entire time. Mm-hmm. And yet, at some point, he's like, I'm going to go kill some kids now. You mm-hmm. know? So, from a, from a complete character point of view, it failed. It failed to give me a Darth Vader. You know, and he sits there and he says, my empire and this and that. And they're like, he never planted those. Like, Lucas never really planted those seeds. The, the, the seeds sure they did. No, no, he didn't. The mm-hmm. seeds, the seeds, the but motivation for... Um, Anakin Skywalker is supposed to be. I need to save Padme. Right. Not. I'm trying to. I'm trying to build an empire here. Right. By the end. Right. You know. So. So there's two conflicting motivations that go into it. By no, the end. there's not. It's okay. How is it not though? Okay. I just, na- I just named two separate. Ones. He's already. He's already a dark character in and of itself. Absolutely. He's already got anger. He already wiped out a village of sand people. He's. Uh, he's. Uh, he, he steps out of out of I, character yep. often. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. In in the context of and uh, some of this stuff is not elaborated on, unfortunately. So some of some of what you're saying is correct, but in, in the, <laughs> that's as good as admission as I'll, I'm ever. Some gonna of get. what you're saying is correct, but basically <laughs> the point is that the whole the whole por- purpose of him wanting to be a master wasn't out of ego when they they put him on the council. Uh-huh. It's that if he was a master, he would be able to have access to the to the archives of the Jedi so that he could learn more about Darth Plagueis or whatever yeah, yeah. and learn mm-hmm. how to how to manipulate life yep. and bring people. Back back to life okay so he cares way too much he's too attached to things he's worried about this woman dying the guy says look in order to save her you gotta go as far into the dark as humanly possible Uh, so that you can have the power to bring her back because i i've been checking you out man and you got some amazing powers i think you're the most gifted blah 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 yeah so he's like look you need to do some dastardly stuff and uh, you'll you'll have the power to bring people back to life, and so then he goes he goes forward to do that. In the process of doing that, mm-hmm. he gets lost. In in he's he's not focused on it anymore. That's why when she comes and tries to talk to him, he just chokes her because yeah. he's not with it anymore. I think I just it's think you're drug, I, I think dude. everything it's a drug. It's I, a metaphor for right, but it's not it's not executed properly. It's not executed properly for you. No, no, I, I, I disagree. <laughs> Craig Caruso, of you do. That's why wants, we're having this conversation. Who wants some Rogue One trivia? Because I cannot figure it out. Craig Caruso, please send in your your Rogue One trivia. But when we come back, we've got Alex Segura from Archie Comics. See, hey, I know we that. got we got Rogue One and we got Archie. I don't know how exactly we paired this up, but uh, we're gonna make this work when we come yeah. back. Well, it's all from the same era. <laughs> you are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. <laughs> Ding, 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 ding,
you have an interest in marijuana, you want to know about marijuana, law, policy, and culture, then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show, In the Know 420 on TalkingAlternative.com. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week, 8 p.m. Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. Every Wednesday, we want to thank all the folks who are joining in on Facebook. Craig Caruso asked, who was kneeling to Vader? Uh, he's uh, in, in Rogue One. He's a Sith acolyte. Okay. So he's Sith they acolyte. Have, we if a, we you go to Yes. If you go to uh, Return of the Jedi, the Emperor actually has two or three weirdo-looking, moldy-faced people talking to him. Okay. Also, it's the same. They're all from the same. Uh, okay. It's like a, it's a religious uh, cult. All right. And with that, we're going to welcome our guests now. <laughs> That's a great segue. It works out yes. great. Yes. When we talk about religious cults, we, we introduce... Uh, I immediately think of Alex, Alex Segura from right. Archie Comics. Alex, yeah, how's yeah, it going? Per- perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, th- we're glad to finally have you on the show. I know there was like a scheduling conflict last time, so now you're, 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 you're stuck between uh, a Rogue One day, but uh, we're going <laughs> to make this work because... Uh, no, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> what, uh, what did you think of Rogue One? We'll, we'll just get I haven't seen it. I have, oh, we, have a, oh. we have a baby. We have a baby at home. I got, so, I got uh, a baby. Me too. We got. In fact, I, funny thing, Alex are, and I. Uh, you're a much more capable moviegoer than I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are. Our, our sons are a day apart. Born. Uh, are they? Yours was born wow. on, on Valentine's Day, right? Right. And mine was born on the 13th. Go wow, I mean, we haven't scheduled a play date yet. I know, I know. I think you live. I think we live on the opposite ends of the New York City, though. Like you're, you're on like the eastern end, and I'm on the western end. It's, it's, it's just a pain. We'll meet at Comic Con. We'll meet in the middle. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't bring him to New York Comic Con this year, but maybe maybe next year. There you go. Say so we'll we'll work it out. But um, we're, we're really happy to have you on the show because um, I, I love don't have any kids. Yeah, no, Hassan. Well, that <laughs> might be that might be for I the have best. No children. Hey, yeah. uh, all right, <laughs> go on with your show. <laughs> um, I love everything that Archie Comics has been doing. Um, you had the recent reboot with Mark Wade and Fiona Staples. Everything you're doing feels fresh and inventive. Talk to me about the strategy sessions that go on. You know, how do you update a character who could easily be laughable if you try to update him, but at the same time, if you keep him the same, could remain stale? Like, how how did you guys do it? How did you guys approach it from a company standpoint? Uh, yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's a great question. A lot of it starts with our CEO John Goldwater, who came in. I want to say seven or eight years ago, and, and his mandate was kind of let's let's get back to the core of these characters. I mean, it's still Archie, and that's that's the cool thing about him. You can see him fighting zombies in Afterlife with Archie. You can see him meet the Predator. You can see him uh, meet Kiss or the Ramones, and it's still the same character. And that's that's the appeal, I think. And uh, something something Mark Wade is supremely good at is kind of dusting off these you know, golden age characters and really getting to the essence of them. And that's what he did with Archie. And then to have it drawn by Fiona Staples is amazing. Absolutely. I mean, you guys, uh, you got Frank Thierry coming in on the one shots. Talk about the one shots you guys got have, you know, have coming up. You have Frank Thierry, you have Joe, uh, um, Joe Isma drawing one of the books. I think he's drawing the one you're writing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing uh, four one shots in March. And these are kind of like pilot season one shots, basically. Uh, They're expanding the world of this revamped Archie and so there's the Archies, which I'm co-writing with Matt Rosenberg, who uh, 
who's done a lot of stuff for Black Mask. He's doing Rocket Raccoon at Marvel. Mm-hmm. And Joe Eisner's drawing that. And then we have a Sabrina one-shot by, uh, by Franco and Katie Cook with art by Andy Price. And then we have Art and Franco on Little Archie and uh, Frank Thierry and Mike Walsh on a book called Jughead the Hunger. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I saw that. I thought that was actually pretty, It's like a horror book, though, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a horror book, and it's it's basically Jughead as a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I love everything about it. You guys are also a very progressive company, but you you handle it in a way that I love. I love the fact mm-hmm. that you, you bring... You, you don't... You don't do, like it... You handled diversity by creating new characters. Like you had a, a a gay character, but it's not like you turned Jughead gay. You brought in and, and created a fresh new character. Like is that a, is that kind of like a mandate also, or or is that just like how do you guys approach diversity and doing it in a way that that again feels inventive rather than manipulative? No, that's a, that's a good uh, good way to describe it. I think first of all, we just wanted to feel like you know for a long time Archie felt like it was happening in the past, like it was mm-hmm. kind of in this Pleasantville type town. Uh, and one thing that John and Mike and a lot of the people at Archie want is to make Riverdale feel like today, like it's happening in the now, and these kids are going to school today, and and that means adding to 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 the cast and adding adding as opposed to just revamping and tinkering with the, the characters that are there. Yeah, and I think you guys, I mean, you, you really do a great job of doing that, and and it's um, it's. It's like refreshing to see it. It's like, wow, you know, you guys are actually, I think you pulled off like the impossible in a way, um, but you made it seem, you know, like, oh, yeah, why haven't they done this before? It, it, it's it's really, really, um, really, really great stuff. Um, what's the impact? Now, I know you can't really talk about the TV show too much, but I'm curious, and we had Warren Simons on last week, and I asked him a similar question. You know, Valiant has mm-hmm. got movies being made. How is it going to impact the publishing end, and how is the Riverdale TV show going to impact the publishing, if any? I mean, it's 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 good for us in that it just creates more exposure and more awareness of these characters. I think it's it's another testament to how flexible Archie is that he can be on TV in this kind of subversive teen drama and fighting zombies, and also in a more traditional kind of teen comedy comic book. You know, it's just another interpretation, and it, and it creates another opportunity for us. Especially with publishing, we can start, you know, we'll have a Riverdale one-shot, and that'll lead into a Riverdale comic book. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think people are hungry for different kinds of takes on Archie, which is something that hasn't been around. Before, it was just kind of the traditional sure. kids at Pop Tates having a laugh, and, and it was very sitcom-ish, you know, it was, it was kind of, uh, it wasn't serialized, and so now we have that. And um, it's just, we're, we're offering more opportunities, I think, for readers. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. Um, all right, Hassan was was eager to hear about this too. Uh, you, so you're like a busy man. You you are a father. You're doing the Archie stuff. You're not seeing Rogue One. You're you're but you're writing Kiss Archie. You're writing the Archie, or you wrote Kiss Archie. You're writing right. the Archies, but you also have crime novels. Uh, talk to us about the crime novels, and then Hassan has got like a list of questions for you. Oh, okay, great. I, I'm ready. <laughs> um, so I, I write these crime novels set in Miami. Uh, the first one was Silent City. It came out last year. It was re- reprinted last year. Mm-hmm. And it's about this kind of washed-up uh, private detective named Pete Fernandez who lives in Miami, is not, you know, it's kind of stumbling as he goes. And it's, so the second book is a much more kind of serial killer novel. The third book flashes back. With the third book, which comes out next April, flashes back to pre-Castro Cuba and, and has more kind of a wider scope. But... You know, uh, the best detective novels I read have setting as a really strong character, and uh, I, I wanted to do that for my hometown. And so it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's actually been really interesting to be part of that community, and I've met a lot of great authors. And, you know, I mean, the reception's been good. The books seem to be doing well. So, yeah, I don't know how I find the time either. <laughs> you, you don't you don't, don't go to the movies. That's how. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, though I, I do have to say that if I had to choose between Star Wars and Star Trek, I'm much more of a Star Trek guy. Oh. Oh, no, you, you actually <laughs> literally hurt Hassan. Like, Hassan, just, just I'm, yeah, I'm gotta, fine with it because I think that, you know, I think it's... i got to take this thing out of my chest. Hold on. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like Hassan, Hassan it's subjective. Maybe, maybe it was like 10 or 12 years ago. Maybe, but, yeah. Actually, I love Star Trek also, but I mean, I, I the the thing I do is I don't choose between the two of them. <laughs> That's I like choosing between your kids. Re- yes, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, I'm not choosing between them. I just know I like one more than the other. Mm, yeah, which is pretty much how it works with kids, also. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, so you you're so you're doing this through us. Uh, I can't speak. You're doing this through self-publishing, right? These books. No, no, no. It's through a, a publisher, Polish Books. They're a 
they're an independent publisher, but they 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 republished Silent City, which I which I published which was with a much smaller publisher in 2013. Okay. So they republished that and then published the second book, Down the Darkest Street, in hardcover this year, and next year, book three, Dangerous Ends, comes out in April. So, so where did it all come from? Traditional publishing. I'm sorry. His brain? Yeah, it's it's a traditional publisher. Where did it all come from? His brain. His brain. Let him answer. <laughs> Let the guest answer. Well, I mean, Where did it all come from? Yeah, the, the story about this particular uh, detective, the, the desire to write uh, crime novels, which is is a pretty, it's a niche uh, uh, genre, even though it's pretty popular. Um, it, it's still Yeah, you'd be surprised. I mean, um, I guess it's the, the idea first came to me when I moved back to New York to work at DC and that you know those you guys know this too when when Crime, your hobby right? becomes when your hobby becomes your uh, your job you start looking for new hobbies you know you start doing other stuff and I so I was reading a lot of crime fiction and that really got me thinking about well let me try this on my own and I was just kind of doing it as a one off thing and then it turned into kind of a second career How many uh, how many novels do you have coming up or like in your head like how many would you like to be doing is it is it open-ended or do you have like a specific you know train uh, you know when i first started i thought it would just be one and then i thought it would be three and now i'm at three and i have the fourth one halfway done and an idea for the fifth one so i don't want to limit myself so i'll just say open-ended and yeah. uh so you'll be at this for a while that's what you're <laughs> yeah, saying yeah we'll, we'll talk next year and i'll have 20 and <laughs> That's excellent. All right, yeah. Explain to me in a year how you'll do twenty, and then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do an entire series on. <laughs> well, you he'll put his of... son to work, you know? right? Like, <laughs> right. I've just up typing on is different. So. <laughs> typing is typing is a, is a skill that he could teach his son, and then you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could, he could just kind of like articulate <laughs> and you dictate. It, go out. Do... <laughs> hey, so you... for, I mean, that's for the ideas. I think it was just uh, the lead character is a lot like people I knew in college. I wanted mm-hmm. to to write about a character that I could relate to as a person, but also not be identical to like it's someone i think i could have known in college or growing Mm -hmm. up in miami who maybe just went down a different path what when you're actually when you're at archie too i mean uh, the writing opportunities and and this and that there used to be like years ago a stigma like in the comic industry with editors actually writing as well um but that seems to have gone away now yeah, it's interesting because, I, you know, I think it would be weird for me because I edit the Dark Circle book to mm-hmm. write a Dark Circle book. I wouldn't do that. I think that's, you know, it's a little bit too overt. Um, but with Archie, I have to go through the same approval process that anyone does, so I feel like it's pretty democratic. I mean, Mike Colorito, who edits a lot of the main Archie stuff, will give me notes and he'll let me know if something doesn't work. So mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like I'm getting, you know, bumped ahead in the line too far up. Yeah. Well, um... Real quick, your dolphins killed my jets. What's up with that? I'm, you know, I'm as surprised as you are. <laughs> no, you the shouldn't. Dolphins, be. The dolphins usually start disappointing me around the third, uh, third quarter of the season, or third quarter of any game. But it's Matt um, Moore bust, baby. So Come on. Got it. Yeah, I, I had faith in Matt Moore. I think he's he's uh, kind of an unsung hero. So this is where we lo- this is where we lose Hassan. But yeah. see, this is this is a long I got I got a thing. comment on it, but but it's not going <laughs> to help the conversation. So. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Alex, uh, actually, talk to us about um, the Black Circle as well, too, because uh, I, I'm really curious to know what's coming up with that line of books as well. Uh, with the Dark Circle books, we launched uh, Black Hood, Shield, and uh, and Hangman, and we also did The Fox. And, you know, it's a tough market. Superheroes are tough. I think it's really mm-hmm. hard to compete with Marvel and DC. So, yeah, you know, that. Shield and Hangman finished their first story arcs, so and we just put them on pause for a bit. And Black Hood Season 2, we relaunched with a new number one, and that's chugging along, which is good. And I think we'll have some big news in the new year about how we're going to retool and reload with those characters. Because a lot of people like those characters, yeah. and I think we took an interesting approach. Um, you know, I think it's just a matter of how do you compete with Marvel and DC, especially when they're putting out so much more product. Sure. And, you know, it's it's always tough because even though it's an Archie product, it's it's... It's not at the same time. So you're almost, you know, you're almost playing on even ground with a lot of other like uh, publishers, like a Boom Studios or, or like, you know, an Aspen or something like that, where you know you're, you're, you know, you're one of the bigger publishers, but that's an imprint. That's a very niche imprint, yeah. you know. So yeah, that, that it's tricky be because yeah. you want you want people to make the connection of Afterlife or Chilling Adventures and bring it to like Black Hood, right? But they weren't they weren't making that connection for whatever reason. So I think it's really got to. It's not just quality. It's also about timing and. And resonating with the audience, I think it's got to hit hit at the right time. 
I, I agree 100%. All right, we got uh, 30 seconds left. Let the audience know how they can uh, purchase some of your novels, uh, find you on social media, all that stuff. Go. Yeah, just go to alexsegura.com, and you can find all my books, including comics, and you can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Segura, S-E-G-U-R-A, and that's it. That's awesome. Alex, thank you so much. We've got a little mini wizard reunion going on here. Yeah, Yeah, this is cool. Thanks so much. Yeah, we'll have you on again as well, too. Thank you. All right, when we come back, we're going to we're going to shift back to Rogue One and Star Wars. We did our love it. We didn't get to our shove it. Yeah, we didn't. And we didn't uh, we're also going to answer the question, which is a better which is better? We're going to we're going to phrase it that way, which is better, Rogue One or Force Awakens. Hmm. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week, every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. I want to thank Alex Segura from Archie Comics, but you can also go to AlexSegura.com, S-E-G-U-R-A, and check out his crime novels, check out his comic work. We're very jealous of him. Uh, We love him. Let's not talk about it. All that fun (laughs) stuff. Uh, But we want to get into, you know, it's so funny. I mean, we really could devote an entire other, like another show afterwards to just Star Wars. We were doing our love it or shove it. Um, Our love it was pretty simple. I mean, great. Overwatch, we didn't say love it. We love the movie. I think the movie, that goes without saying. We love the movie. It's it's definitely uh, worth seeing. Cool cameos. it's not a, you know, one of the things I didn't get into, it was not a Star Wars rehash either, which no, was nice. It was yeah. nice to see something new. It was the, wonderful, actually. The action really built up toward the end, too. Mm-hmm. By the end, it really felt like a Star Wars film. The cameos kind of made it, made you remind, made it to remind you that right. it was a Star Wars film, but by the end, it's like, no, this is a Star Wars film. Right. You know, by the end of it, which was awesome. There's This is war. There were casualties. Brian Everham even chimed in. It was nice to see that the stormtroopers were actual soldiers as yeah. opposed to just like, you know, idiots in um in hmm. in masks a little bit hmm. um he also chimed in the prequels were a great story that were just executed terribly mainly on account of the awful selection of actors and too much focus on the special effects rather than writing good dialogue subjective accurate uh the other thing that i loved in, inaccurate the last thing that the last uh, we talked about the likable characters in rogue one mm-hmm. see, how, see how i just move it along mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. the blind jedi like monk the guardian yeah uh, k2 uh felicity huffman wasn't in the movie but i thought she was fantastic yes i always um, think she's good in whatever she, she is in she, she doesn't cassian, happen to be <laughs> cassian was was actually um you know Diego Luna. Yeah, I mean. he was good. Like he was, like he. he Last he, time I saw him, he was Button in uh, Open Range in a, in a yeah. Kevin Costner movie, and he was like two years old. Yeah. So now he's now he's there, all grizzled, and yeah. you know, and and some. Well, kind you got to be grizzled. In intelligence the officer for yeah, the rebels. I'm like, holy crap. The other, the last thing that we didn't that I didn't say for love it, um, it fits really nicely in the Star Wars canon. Like it yes. really does, right? It's almost seamless. It is. It, it is absolutely right seamless. There. And this is again. This is and for Dan T. Lawson, who chimed in on Periscope, we are doing this spoiler-free as possible. Also for Sam Heck with him though. For for Sam Leibowitz, <laughs> our engineer. For Heck his case, <laughs> you know, he's got it. He's got to also. <laughs> right. All of a sudden, the mics go off. And, you know, and then, and then and then we talk about the uh, the, the, the surprise twist. Now, um, 
but here's our shove it, okay? I mean, not, no movie's perfect. Um, my big my big shove it for Rogue One was not enough screen time for Bodhi. Um, now, in the movie, and again, this is not, this is just, there is a defector mm-hmm. um, who defects and gives, you know, gets the plan. Yeah, I'm trying to do this again. <laughs> Spoiler free, but I'm actually not even being it's accurate. It's going to be really difficult at this well, point. Well, Bodhi is the defector, okay? Right. Bodhi is the catalyst for the story. Right. He's He is the entranceway into, you know, and, and as Hassan kind of said off the air when we started, you know, they do end up with the plans because we know they end yes, up with the plans. So we, we're not yeah. spoiling anything yeah. or anybody by saying that. They um, do eventually blow up the Death Star, correct, by the way. Like three times. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not enough screen time for this guy. And I don't mean that he wasn't on enough, um, but his motivations are not necessarily clear they introduced him as the defector Mm. um and that's it they just they basically tell the audience this is what he is Mm. i needed one scene i needed one scene between him and Jin, Mm. explaining to Jin what were finn's motivations oh i mean well he was conflicted but you actually saw him on screen being conflicted watching death happen so you actually you experienced his conflict he was conflicted or maybe he was afraid well, either or, way, but I mean, you experienced his his but you transformation. Don't know is what I'm saying. But you experience it with him. You know, Not he really. Know. He he jumps off the ship and he just oh, he starts freaking freaking out when he gets right off the ship. You don't know how far back that goes. No, you don't know. You don't know specifics, but you also don't know whether or not. And and I said this, uh, you know, we were kind of having our conversation. I don't know if I can trust Bodhi. But I guess you can. And I guess by the end of it, he's a total rebel fighter. But why is he a rebel fighter? Like, why? Just give me one sentence. I saw your father and he changed my he changed my entire world. Or I witnessed this. Or, you know, I'll tell you when I, you know, I mean, because Cassian, you know, when he's having that argument with Jin, um, you know, where his whole backstory comes from and it's one conversation that's all i just want to see one conversation with bodhi to to genuinely know that he is uh a rebel and he wants to be part of this rebel alliance versus versus not that's my shove it that would be my one shove it with him um a little convoluted at the beginning a little little you know it's it's tough i i kind of give it uh you said it was better on the second time around Mm -hmm. in terms of just following it took me it took me a little bit like who's this guy who's that guy because it 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 definitely was it Saul? Saul is Saul. Saul, who's uh, Forrest Whitaker's character? He's Saul. Uh, forget his last name. Yeah, he's a he's a character from uh, the, uh, Clone Wars. Right, Rebels. I Re- yeah, I, I mean, it, it was so for me. I didn't watch Rebels. Guerrero or something. Like so it's like that. you know, I, I I need to. Not that I didn't get it at a certain mm-hmm. point. It just it was a, it was a lot to take in at first. I mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. Um, stand standalone story, notwithstanding. This is the one thing I also didn't like, um, and this is why I actually think Force Awakens is a better Star Wars movie. Um, mm. There's a finality to this, right? These characters, they're not coming back. Like, they're not coming back. Maybe K2 is coming back, um, mm. but there's a finality to this. Yeah. That their, their story kind of ends. Their, their right. usefulness to right. the Star Wars universe kind of comes right. to and, and And that kind of sucks, because these are really likable characters, uh, you can do stuff with them previously. You can you can do a you can do a quote unquote prequel with them. You could do a standalone movie, this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it doesn't technically end, but it, it their purpose was served, mm-hmm. and that kind of sucks. Whereas Force Awakens, you know, weird. Force Awakens, I thought just catapults this new universe. I know it's a rehash of Episode Four with with a couple little twists and a couple little you know this and that, mm-hmm. but. It gives me this hope that I'm I'm now going to be invested in these characters going forward. Is it is the thing that does that the Star Wars brand? I think because the if you just brand- watch those that that as a regular sci-fi film, would you be like, oh yeah, man, I can't wait till they make ten more of these where I could see these characters actually branch out? I mean, it's like you saw something like I don't know, Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Were you like, we need a prequel to find out what Tom <laughs> Hanks' motivation is? Sure. Or did you just accept it was a war movie, these guys are at war, and now they're getting, you know, they're, right. they're, they're, now some of them gets killed, some of them go home. Right. Uh, you know, and then it's over for you, right? Did you did you need but, I mean, uh, the that, box set? Isn't that the whole point of having a Star Wars film versus no, just making a film? Not necessarily. It, it depends. If, if the story is... If the story has legs, if the story extends outwardly, yeah. then yeah, then we'd like so to see more. So you think you got everything out of these characters you're ever going to need to need to hear and and anything and that's and that's I my don't, point. Yeah, I, I don't, didn't I require didn't. anything I would more. Love, 
but from them. I would love to see more. I would love to see more. That's a different story. If they did more, I would watch more. Right. But it's not like As I'm opposed to Private there, like, Ryan, incomplete. Where I feel like by Private Ryan, I think it's it's you yeah. Know, you want to follow them when they go back home, and then they're you know the guy's trying to readjust to being a farmer, and you know he, right. he meets a woman, and and you're like. <sighs> You know, as opposed right. to you just want to you want a Nazi to show up so he can shoot him. Uh, exactly, that'd be the whole point. So, um, I don't know. I don't think I don't think I, I understand that Star Wars automatically means series to most people. Sure, to expand it outwardly, ten mm-hmm. more of these. But it. But I'd say no. But I, again, I kind of I kind of take it. I kind of take it beyond. It was a great question you asked with the brand aspect to it. Are our expectations, you know, our expectations set because it's a brand? No, I, I just really thought the characters were great. I mean, I, that's what it came down I to. I do too. So in in that in that regard, you know, they made this standalone film. They made it too well. That's a, that's a you know that's a, that's a shove it complaint. That's a shove it. The film is too good. Okay. <laughs> that's a shove it. All right. Okay. That's a shove it. I want to see more. That's, a, that's that's fair. Yeah. I'm not gonna argue. It's your show. Uh, <laughs> this last shove it, it this is a tough one. Oh boy it's a tough one I'm trying to do this I, again I keep I, trying to think of a shove it I don't really have one which is weird that is very me. strange for you because yeah I mean I could, I could come up with some stuff but it would be very nitpicky I, I think this is nitpicky also I mean I think I think the Bodhi complaint for me was the only glaring one where I'm like I need I need something here because his character I don't un, I don't ever get why he is doing what he's doing right um you know, Finn eventually does explain why he does what he's doing too. I mean, you get that moment where you you at least he here's, explains. Here's it. here's a, here's an argument. Here's here's the problem I have with the argument about. Um, and I've seen a couple of uh, online uh, reviewers and stuff like that say the same thing. It was weird because it's kind of shilly mm-hmm. because um, everybody kind of universally loved The Force Awakens. Yeah. And then so we get this movie and everything that they loved about The Force Awakens kind of happens in this movie but this is the stuff that it sticks in their craw you know it's like it's not enough information that the other the other complaint which I I will never understand no matter what movie they apply this to is it was unnecessary all uh, movies are unnecessary. Uh, yeah, no, 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 Art that's... is unnecessary. Entertainment yeah, is unnecessary. No, and I, I'll agree with you on so that. So that's a ridiculous argument. But um there is well, wait. Much actually, wait, wait. Hang on. Let's go back to that point for one second. Is the I argument? Go back. Is the argument? I go forward. <laughs> no, no. Prequels. You love the prequels. See, we're going Stop back. Stop it. Um, <laughs> unnecessary. Yeah. The only argument I could have for the unnecessary argument is the amount of time, energy, and effort to make a Star Wars movie. And I guess this kind of even goes back to the conversation we're having. Mm-hmm. To have something that can't go anywhere or do anything. But it's, it's just it, it's just for the sake. Of your entertainment, I'm right? playing devil's advocate more than I understand. Because I but, kind of agree with you, but it's like it's like unnecessary. Someone said, um, someone uh, it's a completely unrelevant uh, related movie, um, uh, the Snow White, the sequel to the Winter's Game. Well, that was just unnecessary, was, right? <laughs> that's exactly what the what the main complaint was. It was a completely unnecessary sequel. It's like, well, it was all unnecessary. Are you saying that the first one was necessary? Right. Nothing. We don't need another Snow White. We don't need an updated version of Snow White. So, don't give me I un- need... that's a that's that's a that basically. A throwaway argument. I a, need more installments of Rogue One. So, ironically, you don't a it. sequel you don't would be necessary. It. If someone came to you and said, dude, if you don't get another Rogue One, I'll shoot you, then you'd need it. <laughs> you don't. But you can make that it. argument for anything, though. That's right. like the extreme. Right. That's, that's the extreme. I mean, right. that's what I'm saying. It's a, I, the, the whole idea of needing art is, is extreme. Which, which one do you like better, Force Awakens or Rogue One? Uh, Rogue One, easily. Easily, easily go for it. Why? Uh, there's a full story. There's a there's fleshed out details. Every every piece of information they give you has a kind of a payoff. It's not a two and a half hour trailer to come back and see the next one. Um, it's, that's it's, that's probably the best argument that you could that you could give me. Someone said that to me. Being said, some something great. Wait one second. Someone yeah. said to me it was a fantastic review of the film. She said it's a whole lot of film. For a whole lot of nothing that happens, 
And that's exactly. And now I could tell you, Rogue One did not feel like nothing happened. I sat. I, I sure. It, it feels like a full, complete Absolutely. film. It's a. It's a. It's a full story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a beginning. We we talked about it too. You know, Felicity Jones goes through a complete character arc. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a transition. She's way better than Felicity Huffman. In the, I, in the film. I don't know about that. No, I'm Felicity just saying, in this film, fantastic. in this film, she's better than Felicity yeah. Huffman. No, and I agree with you on that. I think there's. I think there's an arc. I think there's a finality to it. I would say this though: Rogue One doesn't happen without Force Awakens, and I don't mean in the sense of, uh, you know, obviously the Force Awakens came first, so hmm. you know, in in their schedule of movies. But uh, the Force Awakens washed away the bad taste that maybe you didn't experience, but a lot of other people did experience with the prequels to reestablish the, the Star whole, Wars again. The whole mythos. argument of a lot of other people too. Just stick with yourself because I could give you, th- I could give you millions of people who love the prequels. Millions, 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 millions. Trust me, trust me, trust me. It made. It made a bill. The first one, uh, the, the supposedly worse one, was Episode One. It made no, see, a I think Episode dollars. One was probably the. I it's, think it was actually the best. It's one considered out of the, the worst one. I know, which is terrible. Two is clearly the worst one. Like, Two is a is very is a very bad movie. It's not a good. It's movie, a very right? difficult movie. It's, it's a, a great story. A very difficult movie to. to and, and, that, and, and again, I think that goes between story and execution. I think story is fine. I think I think execution wise, execution, mm. like I said, is subjective. It depends on what you compare it to. Everything depends on how you compare it then, and how uh, you so consider how you, it. So how would you judge like an Oscar winning movie then? Like uh, by your by what you're saying how is like, do, how do you judge anything? You see it, you like it. Right. If you see if you like it it's good, if you dislike it it's bad, but that doesn't that doesn't make it a fact. It just means that's how you felt about it. But if if it's in mass, like like normally speaking, it's like how do not you, as on mass as people think it is. Yeah. It's the internet. It's the echo chamber. It's I keep repeating it over and over and over again, and that makes it true. If you want, go back to go to YouTube and watch the reviews of episode one when it came out, and sure. look at the thousands of people who came running out of the theater saying that they loved it. What happened to all those people? Well, they went online and they got <laughs> browbeaten until they all said, "Oh, you know what? It was terrible. It was a really horrible thing." There are there are aspects about there are nuances and aspects about those three movies that are fantastic that no one is taking into consideration when they talk. I will give you the two things. I will give you dialogue. Yeah. And I will give you acting. Which generally is makes up no, a big chunk of a movie, not. right? No. All right. No. We're going to agree to disagree. I'm right. Thank You're wrong. God. Right. This has been Secrets it's of the Sire. It's your show. You can be whatever you want. Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of the beauty of it, though. <laughs> that doesn't Next mean week for our 50th episode. Whoa. What's that? We're closed next week. We're closed next week? Yeah. What? Are you kidding me? Really? Is it we have no show next week? How do we do this? How did this happen? All right. Well, we will not welcome creator Joel Mulvey in studio. I'm on vacation. <laughs> I did not realize that. Well, we're gonna come back. Maybe I'll do. You know what? I will do a. Fa- I will do a Facebook Live next week. Do a gorilla, gorilla we'll do style. A, we'll do a special. Yeah, we'll do. We'll, we'll do it from the from the from an <laughs> undisclosed location. Because I want to do the best of the best from 2016 and look ahead to a jam packed oh, 2017. You can't do that in culture. 2017 when you when you can't look back at 2016 when you get to 2017. Well, it's just not done. We'll figure this out. All right. <laughs> Secrets of the Sire coming at you somehow. <laughs> You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. 
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 